My name is Mohamed Layane and you have no challenges remaining. Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. It's that wonderful, beautiful time of year again, folks. Time for the Eurovision Song Contest. After missing 2020 due to the pandemic, Eurovision is back this year in Rotterdam. The grand final is on Saturday at 9 p.m. local time in Europe and in, in Central Europe, 3 p.m. on the East Coast of the U.S. And excitingly for American viewers, it is streaming live and free on Peacock, the streaming service, which is great. You can also replay the semifinals that are on there as well. Courtney and I are planning to be live on her Twitch during the final, so follow NCR on Twitter or either of us for more information if you want to tune into that and have a second screen experience. And relevantly to this show, as listeners know, Eurovision time in the world means NCR vision time here on NCR. And NCR vision, if you're not aware, is our celebration of the wild, weird, and wonderful cross section of tennis and music. We did our NCR vision song contest back in 2016 with 26 incredible songs that were about tennis. And then the big result spectacular show we did finally in 2020 during the pandemic, finally had time to put that all together. And excitingly, we're not done. Here as a special 2021 treat, I chat on this episode with Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne is the musician behind the NCR Vision show's finale song, song 26, Isner and Mahout. And not just that, he's written lots of songs about tennis and is a tremendous songwriter. And you'll, as you'll see here, he was kind enough to take out his guitars on the Zoom and be the first live concert act we've ever had on NCR. So NCR gets its tiny desk on here. And I think you'll really enjoy this one, both the uh, the singing and the, the talking parts, Dan talking about the intersection of, of music and some of the stories behind the songs. So without further ado, here is live in concert and in talking, Dan Byrne and myself, although I don't sing, thankfully. Leave that to him. So for a bit of an NCR Vision follow-up here, I am very excited to have Dan Byrne, who you may remember as our show finale artist from the original NCR Vision uh, with Isner and Mahout here to talk about all of his tennis songs, more than just Isner and Mahout, as you may know, lots of other stuff. And Dan, thank you for being on here, first of all. Oh, thank you. It's it's a pleasure to be on here. I, I just want to say I'm a big fan of the show. And, you know, for so many years... Uh, if you're a tennis fan, you're you're hoping for maybe a a, a passing uh, reference on PTI to no. you know yeah I think Nadal's going to do well at the French you know that kind of thing and so to 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 have found to have found this is is a revelation. So oh good you. yeah if you're looking for tennis sustenance on the uh, on the ESPN mothership during you know during general programming you're gonna you're gonna starve unfortunately there so yeah. it's good to good to have this sort of have the tribe come together here and speak our weird shared common language of uh of tennis how did you get into tennis uh early on in life i'm guessing i started playing when i was about eight my mom mm -hmm. gave me a racket i think i wanted to play one of the band instruments at school and i was already not practicing the instrument i had chosen already which is the cello which was a, a strange instrument to be to be sawing on all by yourself but uh yeah mm -hmm. so she gave me a tennis racket and i started playing and uh I mean, it goes back a long time. It, my, Nastasi was my first, my my first guy, and then Borg, Connors. I had the T two, and then McEnroe came along, kind of changed everything. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I've always followed the game. I I 
played high school tennis, college tennis, Division three, nothing, nothing uh, too amazing. But I taught for a long time when I was trying to get my music thing going. That was my finally a, a good sort of straight gig. Uh, yeah. You know, to be I I actually taught Wilt Chamberlain for a few lessons out in Oh, uh, cool. Out in L.A. How how was Wilt as a player? He well. He was such a great athlete. He could take two steps and be on the other side of the court. Sure. Uh, and he was, you know, he he had good hands. I mean, he was probably 50 years old by then. Mm-hmm. And he we mainly worked on his serve because, you know, when he when he started, he had just this little push serve. And so when you take somebody like Wilt Chamberlain with those dimensions and that yeah. strength and and give him an actual uh motion, that was amazing. So yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that on the on the ba- on the basketball tennis crossover. I've heard from I think Marty Fish. I think that Dirk Nowitzki plays tennis a bunch and is like he's another seven foot kind of guy and is like huge server and obviously pretty. That helps a lot if you can channel that. You know, play to your strengths. Even if you're fifty, you can still have a big serve if you're Will Chamberlain. I bet. And nowadays, I mean the 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 game has changed so much that that physical types that used to be only be pushed to basketball you know now they're six eleven seven yeah. feet they're playing tennis yeah that's right so how did you get into music then what when you left the i'm guessing you left the cello behind at some point to pick up <laughs> yeah other i left the cello long behind as soon as i started hearing guys like dylan and and woody guthrie and mm-hmm. the old blues guys you know because i've been following the Beatles and that's great but right. if you're one person it's hard to imagine that you're going to emulate that but as soon as I heard those those sort of solo songwriter types uh, I kind of found my way in that and um, they they told us write what you know so yeah. and write what you like so you know among all the other kinds of songs I've, I've written I've written a lot of baseball songs I've written a lot of tennis songs just because uh, that's that's something I like and follow. Did that always feel natural? Because it can feel a little bit, you know, obviously both music and sports are huge parts of American and general world yeah. culture, but those things very rarely, you know, cross-pollinate meaningfully into the, you know, into the music about sports, yeah. at least, you know, besides sort of, yeah, I, I just, did that always seem natural to you to to, to blend those two things in? Or was I guess it easy so. Or, yeah. 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 Just because I, I look at song as just this big playing field. You know, and um, so it's it's, it's a good sports about, analogy there too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I think it's about how how you handle how you handle it and how you approach it. You know, it can be sad, yeah. it can be funny, uh, it can be hopefully in, engaging. I mean, the, the challenge I think has been to, if I'm writing a tennis song, to write a song that, for example, somebody who maybe isn't into the sport might still. Uh, appreciate and, and and find something but obviously if somebody's into into it there it's gonna resonate yeah. more yeah no i i remember the first time i heard is there Mahu, which was the song viewers wound up picking for the show just hearing the you know the crowd and that live version of it like i can't imagine they were all tennis fans at your gig or even right. you know majority of them but you sort of sell it in a way or make it into a story or make it fun in a way where it can just be you know a sort of song about anything i guess on some level so long as it has the right sort of level of uh humanity and and, and wit yeah. to it and that and that can work there's no reason yeah. tennis i guess can't be the sort of uh first building block of, of building the rest of that 
I mean, it's got a lot, uh, you know, it's, it's the same sort of mano a mano thing that, say, boxing does. Mm-hmm. You know, so on that level, it's it's pretty potent. And there's just so many aspects to the game. It's 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 limitless. Uh, a a friend of mine, I, I told him I was going to be on. He said, uh, and he was like quickly came up with a list of like twelve things that you could write about. You know, it's hmm. like it was. It's like I was like, well, yeah, you should write that album. <laughs> Foot fault, lucky loser. I you know if you. <laughs> I actually, Ben, I, I, I'm going to pitch you something. Uh, okay. You do with it what you want. But, um, you know, I kind of feel like podcasts now are kind of like what magazines used to be in a way. Hmm. Uh, um, and, and magazines used to send out like Leroy Neiman to yeah. to cover the World Series or Ali Frazier or Dan Jenkins or, or, or Hunter Thompson, those guys. You know, they'd send them on assignment and then come back with something. So... I'm just going to pitch, NCR sends me to, you know, pick one, the French Open, and I'll, I'll, just give me a press pass, Ben, and I'll I'll come back with a, with a slate of songs. Once, once the tournaments start letting people back into tournaments, unfortunately, you know, with uh, all the COVID restrictions still, I will uh, definitely, definitely take you up on that. Yeah, and I had a friend who wrote an article, similarly, Tyler Green is probably listening, about, um, about a painter who got sent by Sports Illustrated to Wimbledon, whose name I'm blanking on now. I think Wayne Tebow, I want to say, is his name. Uh, uh, I was in Racket Magazine. But anyway, the same idea, like this, like, you know, sort of classical painter, Sports Illustrated commissions to go paint yeah. Wimbledon. And one of his paintings from that set just sold for millions of dollars, I think. Uh-huh. And yeah, so yeah, so that sort of creative look on things, I think, can really enrich the uh, the understanding of the sport for people. Yeah. Do you, Have you had Josh Berry on? No, no, Josh Berry. No, not yet. Uh-huh. He'd be, he'd be good. Yeah. So, so what was the first, I, I know we're gonna, hopefully going to hear some of your songs here. I don't know what sort of order you want to do this in. Do you know what the first song you wrote about tennis and oh, music wow. was? Or, sure. Uh, or, let's see. Let's see if I can. Or whatever, whatever kind of set list order you want. I mean, I'm really going to defer to you here largely to sort of talk, All you know, right. you're well, a storyteller just... as a songwriter. So whatever order you think it makes sense to sort of arrange things in, uh, I, I, you, your call. Should I, well, uh, oh yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I wasn't going to do this one, but uh, I'll play the first, if I can find it, the first tennis song I ever wrote. Uh, if you want to, I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to shoehorn you into doing one you weren't actually, playing Actually, yeah, let's, <laughs> it's not. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear Isner and Mahoot, even though it was on? Sure, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, certain, certain things, like that incredible match, I felt like the, the score itself was the story, you know. Yeah. The, what else do you have to say, really? So that be, that was the chorus. And you wrote that pretty quickly after the match, is that right? Yeah. 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 A lot of a lot of these, you know, it's like they'll something something will trigger you, and um, I think with songs, maybe even more than with articles or. or Something with songs, it's just it's just really quick. They're fleeting. They they come in, they're there, and you grab them, or they're gone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pretty quick. So here's the Isner and Mahout song. Isner and Mahout played all day long, played until the sun went down. Isner and Mahout took the long, long road, played until the rooster crowed. Hey, mom, can you? Come out and play, yeah, 
best boys, but don't play all day. Six four three six six seven seven six seventy sixty eight, and they'd sing six four three six six seven seven six seventy sixty eight. Isner and Mahoot on the Wimbledon lawn played until the day was gone. Played to the chimes of old Big Ben Till Christ returned and left again Hey, Mom, can we go out and play? Yes, boys, but don't play all day Six, four, three, six, six, seven, seven, six, seventy, sixty-eight Isner and Mahoot, Isner and Mahoot Bang, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. All other long matches rendered moot, rendered moot by Isner and Mahoot. Isner and Mahoot played three days straight. The ball boys canceled all their dates. Who won, who lost, don't matter, that's the truth. Unless your name is Isner or Mahoot. Hey, Ma, can we go out and play? Yes, boys, but don't play all day. Six, four, three, six, six, seven, seven, six, seventy, sixty-eight. Oh, that was tremendous. It's a rare treat. I'm on so many. I'm on so many zooms. Obviously, during this past year, but that was definitely like the coolest, one of the cooler zoom experiences I've had to have someone playing a, oh, right. a right song on. like that with so much feeling. There, that was that was awesome. Thank you, Dan. You know, I was thinking is it, it's also like um, it's the only way I can remember like a long list of things if mm. I put it in songs. So yeah, that's that's why I always know that score. I have always known that score too. Ever since then, yeah, six four three six six seven seven six seventy sixty eight. Roll, it kind of rolls off the tongue, or it's sort of it's you know I, something about numbers that way. Whether it's trying other numbers in songs like eight six seven five three zero nine or whatever would be the other sorts of numbers you would come up yeah. with in in choruses. Yeah, my something my daughter knows a my daughter learned a song with the first hundred digits of pi. Oh wow! Like, How do you know that? But she learned it because it's a song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What did you sort of learn anything else about? tennis through writing songs about it I mean, did it did i don't i don't know if like you know trying to put is there a mahout into a song or make it i mean i feel this way about writing my tennis you know for a non-tennis audience sometimes most of well general audience at least half and half yeah. like you have to sort of better you have to sort of remind yourself of how things work or yeah how to explain them i'm wondering if you have a similar experience in trying to well yeah i think it, yeah i think it crystallize I, I it forces your mind to to crystallize your thoughts Mm-hmm. you know and then put them into some coherent thing that you can communicate to somebody else uh it it's it's a kind of a discipline really yeah cool are there any other songs you want to you want to do while you have your, I'd, your guitar I'd, on your on your knee i'll roll and i'll i got a few here i'll roll them till you tell me to stop yeah i, I no, i'm certainly not gonna tell you to stop yet so okay. keep, keep rolling for now uh i got some i got before we finish i got some questions for you too so okay all right hopefully. <laughs> whenever you want to throw those in as well go for it okay nadal is a lefty so is mac and Roe. like connor's and rod laver a long time ago Nadal hits with topspin and swings with all his might. 
Nadal hits from the left side, Federer from the right. Federer is a throwback, classical form. His backhand is one-handed, two hands is now the norm. Nadal's topspin forehand for Federer is a nightmare. Nadal hits from the left side, Federer from the right. Federer, he's classy with perfect hair and sweater. But if his backhand was two-handed, maybe he'd do better. Why does Roger Aruz lose to Rafa? Well, just take a gander. Nadal hits loopy forehands to Federer's one-hander. When Roger wins, he says, it's a great feeling. When he loses, Roger cries. When Rafa wins, he says, I am very happy and kisses his prize. Djokovic and Murray are sure to bring a fight. Nadal hits from the left side, Federer from the right. Nadal hits from the left side, Federer from the right. And that song, I feel like, was very much almost in response to my last question, because like that, I feel like that was so explaining their essences and just a basic thing. It almost felt like it could be like... <laughs> The theme song to a, sit- a buddy sitcom with those two as the as the main <laughs> characters. Like here are these two guys here to make them different. This sort of odd couple. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I was thinking as you were playing that one. There. They 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 play tennis and solve crimes. Exactly. <laughs> Getting all sorts of wacky misadventures with their different backhands. Um. So I'll ask you this question. This is, sure. It's probably just easy, but uh, so what do Hrabati, Hewitt, and Kyrios have in common? Body Hewitt and Curious. Okay. Hmm. I feel like they might. Hmm. Her body's kind of an odd one in there. Uh, something about doing something at Wimbledon. I'm not really. I'm not really sure what the answer would be here. What's what's what do you have there? They all three beat Roger, Rafa, and Novak the first time they played them. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things you find out when you're prepping for talking to Ben Rothenberg. <laughs> yeah. No, Kyrgios, it'd be good to see him around more because he's obviously that kind of disruptor. Yeah. To be able to do that. Yeah, but he's sort of, he's, he's home in Australia, which I can't blame him for skipping this part of the tour. It doesn't always seem that fun mid-pandemic. It's not really his his speed to have no crowds and to have, you know, everything be rules and restrictions. It's He'd probably go nuts. He's probably making the right choice for himself, but selfishly, yeah. I would I would you know, enjoy seeing him out there shaking things up again. He might, I don't know if he's come to Wimbledon or not, but I would hope so. I mean, he seems like almost more than anybody, someone who, who needs to have, be having fun out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. This one, I was driving through Colorado and it hit me and I wrote it down real fast one time.
I had not heard that. I did not see that one coming. That's pretty great. Yeah, that was that's like in terms of theme songs. That's the theme song to the whole 2011 season of tennis was all about how Novak Djokovic went gluten free and, you know, glory be. He was suddenly beating Federer and Nadal. It was, it was all incredible. especially over and over that year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Um, when you write, I, I, please don't take this the wrong way. When you're writing a song like that do you ever stop and think like this is maybe a little too ridiculous or are you just like or do you and just never. lean into it and enjoy it good that's <laughs> no, good never. That's, that's a that's a superpower that i feel like i also usually have <laughs> yeah not having that sort of restriction of sh- i don't say shame or whatever just like not being afraid to seem you know silly i think it's key exactly i mean when you think of little kids when they make up songs and they're just like they don't even think about they're not writing songs they're just making up songs and that's and then most people sort of out of, as you say, shame or embarrassment or mm-hmm. something, they, they lose that. And um, my my luck was to never lose that. So, Good. no, I, I never feel like anything's out of bounds. It's cool. just how you how you treat it. There you go. You want uh, another? Sure. Um, you, you were mentioning beforehand that, uh, that for some reason a lot of people write Andy Murray songs. Yeah, that's true. Um, by the way, are you, I, are you one of them? I'm one of them. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, here's one. <laughs> here's one. Yeah, let me use this one. Um. I'll sing of Andy Murray, the pride of old Dunblane. Before him, British tennis was a joke about the rain. Not since crusty old Fred Perry. I'm, I'm too excited. I'll get to start again. <laughs> I'll sing of Andy Murray, the pride of old Dunblane. Before him, British tennis was a joke about the rain. Not since crusty old Fred Perry, ere the Great War came around, had a fella from the British Isles held high the Wimbledon crown. But scowling Andy Murray with grit and nerves of ice, Pulled off the unthinkable, not just once but twice. The first time he beat Djokovic, the unpopular Serb. And then three years later, kicked Raonic to the curb. But he had problems with his hips, which caused him to retire. But then he made a comeback, cause he still retained that fire. Won two Olympic golds, the only man to do so. He surely got to waxworks likeness down at Madame Tussauds. He worked his bleeding tail off for everything he got. But please don't call him English, this Mary blocks a Scot. So sing of Andy Mary, the pride of old Dunblane. Before him, British tennis was a joke about the rain. Not since crusty old Fred Perry, ere the Great War came around, had a fella from the British Isles held high the Wimbledon crown. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, I that's, don't know yeah, if the accent was actually Scottish or it was something. It it, it, it clear. I mean, I think I'm I'm obviously not an expert on Scottish accents, but it was clearly, honestly, I feel like that's one of those things with you know 
obviously you do a bunch of accents in your songs we've already heard, but like, it's more important to be like consistent with them than necessarily authentic or accurate to what you might sound like on the streets of whatever Dumbling. I, I think so. But yeah, but the commitment is, is, is key to making it, to selling that. The yeah, commitment sure. is everything. You just got to go for it. I mean, there may have been some Beatles in there, but what are you going to do? No, but it's very ballady, and you know, it's sort of again, it's sort of you know, the the song of Andy Andy Murray that was that was tremendous and recent too. That's pretty recent with all the information on his injuries and comebacks and yeah. retirement. Yeah, so that was good stuff. Yeah, you know, I I um when I think when when I listen to your podcast and and watch what's you know, I sometimes feel bad that I that I don't have a ton of songs that are of the of the. Of the really true current crop which is another reason I, I'd, I'd, I'd when everything settles down sure, sure i'm gonna i'm gonna uh force you to to, <laughs> to send me on assignment because i want to yeah. i want to you know i want to write Swiatek songs and yeah. sinner songs and sinner sinner would be good is good material there's a lot of sinner right there yeah man these so i so the last three uh atp finals champs have been these young guys, right? It's yeah. been uh, Medvedev and Tsitsipas, Tsitsipas and Zverev, and, yeah, and Zverev. So, uh, and but none of them have won a major yet. So, of those three, of those three, who who do you think will win the major? Who who's going to break through first? Well, if it's going to be soon, as in recording this in May. So, if it's going to be re- soon, as in French Open, I don't think Medvedev has been terrible on the on the clay. But Tsitsipas won Monte Carlo and played. Nadal very tough in that Barcelona final, uh, so he's I think the one who I would pick most. And Monte, I think Monte Carlo is closer to and Zverev won Madrid, but I think Monte Carlo is closer to Paris conditions than Madrid. Madrid's kind of weird. So if it's going to be that soon, I would say Tsitsipas. Um, beyond that, I guess Medvedev maybe also in there. Um, but tough to know. I, I just want to see whenever it happens. I just wanted to see it happen with like a sort of real torch pass moment with one of them actually beating, staring down and beating one of the you know really at this point Nadal or Djokovic in a final, you know, I don't, I, I yeah. like the way that like team won the U S open where Nadal, where Djokovic got himself defaulted and Nadal and Federer didn't play. That was not super didn't satisfying like as a, as a torch pass moment. No, I just sort of felt like Djokovic had the torch and just sort of tripped over his own feet and dropped it and team it sort of rolled to the finish line and team picked it up and still like sneezed a few times before crossing. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see, but I mean, I'm, do you like, is there one of them in terms of just, you know, phonetically with their names like who who'd be most fun to write about from a, from a rhyming perspective do you worry do you think about those sorts of things i mean if you had to write a song about like i don't know shapovalov that could be a mouthful oh i love shapovalov by yeah. the way i saw <laughs> yeah. his i was in montreal with my my buddy uh in 17 kind yeah, of was, coming out party we saw that was a Nadal great match. tournament yeah that's that was an amazing match oh my god so yeah. yeah, no, all these guys. There's some great names, and great players, and great stories. And uh, if you if you could box, like in horse racing, you know, you box somebody with a couple others. If you could, obviously, I guess you'd still want Nadal in there for the French. If you could box him with a couple others, who, yeah. who would that be? In terms of uh, what do you mean? I'm not sure what you mean about box, like actually. like if you're betting, like boxing. Okay. Me, boxing means like you. Oh right, or betting. You okay. take yeah yeah. If you take if you could take two two others with him for the French. Yeah, for the French, I would take uh, pass and probably Sinner. Actually, I think Sinner is probably maybe a good sort of third pick. He hasn't had great results, amazing results on the clay, but 
he played really well at the French Open last year. I think he's kind of a big stage kind of player. He played Nadal tougher than anybody at the French last year. And yeah, and I just think it rhymes with so many nice things that it'd be good for you. So, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm pulling for that at this point. Yeah, that'd be easy. Uh, this was on, uh, this is probably the first quote unquote tennis song that was on any of my records. This mm-hmm. was on my, my second record. Um, it's called Monica. I remember Monica at the U.S. Open. She might have been 16, couldn't have been much more. Answering some questions and giggling I'd never seen someone so alive on TV before Do you remember Monica Shrieking on her back and disguising herself When she went out at night Coloring her hair like something was telling her Stay low Invisible and out of sight And then Monica the blade came Monica like God spitting on you A knife in your back We read it in the paper Then moved on to other things But for you all the colors Fade to black And oh Monica, there you are, Monica, on the cross with Jesus and Martin Luther King. Just like John Lennon by that hotel, you have to pay for our sins. And now you're back, Monica. Grim and hammering Trying not to think about that thing then And I hope that you win Every medal you can win But may not be much fun again And oh Monica There you are Monica On the cross with Jesus and Martin King, just like John Lennon by that hotel, you have to pay for our sins. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. That, that's one. That's one. Of the, I think that was the first song of yours I heard as I discovered you as uh, a tennis artist, which was really, and it's really in the sort of genre, you know, even just compared to the other songs you played played previously in this sort of set. Like it is obviously a much more tragic sort of story, and not you know it's not just funny games for yeah. for Monica when when you get stabbed. So I mean, I'm, how how is that sort of when when did you write this? I'm curious how long after everything. What was the sort of moment where you wanted to put that into into song? I think it was when she was just on her way back. Um, what would that have been? Ninety five. Yeah, ninety five. Somewhere in there. Um, you know, I I. Uh, I like Jim Rome, but he was like saying stuff when she was coming back, you mm. know. And it was like, hey man, that's just it. Just felt it just felt really out of line. Mm. So that was the that was what prompted that. Um, you know, it's like 
how, how can you how can you pick on somebody like that? No, so I, I think really, I mean, as you sort of frame in the song, I mean, she really is in a lot of ways. It's certainly the former Monica is, you know, a, a tragic figure in a lot of ways. You had, you know, it was the best in the world by so much in that phase. And then to have this, you know, act of violence that was targeted to sort of take her down, you know, very purposefully yeah. to be successful in altering the course of the sport that way. It's really uh, something I think people... I mean, obviously, it's been a lot of years now. It's been almost 30 years. But uh, something people don't like dwelling on, I think, probably, because it's, you know, trying to be an upbeat, you know, sport sure. for recreation and everything. But it's still... It's a hugely, hugely pivotal, terrible moment in the history of tennis. I mean, has there ever been a, a blacker moment in... No. In, in tennis history? I mean... Uh, I can't think... I can't think yeah. what would even qual- come close to no, qualifying as no. that, no. I mean, you know, short of, you know dropping dead or something yeah. karen do you remember karen kransky does that name? i do yeah, yeah i know she, i know, I know yeah. she was before my time but i know her story for sure yeah, yeah she was out out jogging and had a, a heart attack yeah they named yeah, but a, you know but those things happen those those, things that happen. happens yeah but but stabbing a number one tennis player in court is not something that we ever thought <laughs> happens so yeah that's a um you know thinking of monica i i one thing i would like to do and it, you may know if it's been done i'm sure it's been done but i I want to do something with the maybe sampling the some of the shrieking because mm. it's it's I mean it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Ha- so one of the songs in NCR Vision had the samples of the Sharapova grunts. Yeah, um, right. The, the Sharapova song, and then I know there was I want to say a Lil Wayne song had samples of I want to say Dementieva's grunting in it at some point. Um, yeah, so it has been a bit of a yeah, but the each grunt is sort of distinctive and you could even, you could do it with all sorts of different people's, you know, sounds, even like a, you know, an Adal, a lower sort of pitched one or a, yeah. I don't know, a Schiavone or a Rublev or whoever. There's a whole soundscape of, of tennis uh, vocals out there. Have you done a, a, has NCR done a thorough examination of, of grunting <laughs> and, and what it psychologically means in each case? Uh, not no, we've not done the sort of the parsing of the, of the grunts. That'd be good for audio purposes though. That's a good, uh, Good, you have a good ear for what would be a very, you know, heavily sounding show if we had, you know, grunt just for pure sound points. Yeah. I remember at one point we had a, at one of the shows we did, it was before a Serena Sharapova match. We were doing daily episodes at the 2016 Australian Open. Yeah, right before she tested positive Sharapova. Uh, we had an it had like a clip of one of their like loudest rallies ever we put in the middle of the show. It was just like 45 seconds of them screaming at each other and people thought it was pretty ridiculous to have in the middle of the show, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I would have liked I yeah. I mean it's operatic, really. Yeah. I mean the the way they're it's like well, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Well you have more? I see you're reaching back for your guitar neck. If you have, if you have more stuff to, to do. I don't want to pump the well drier than it you want it, but Whatever, well, and also, I'll, also, do you want to take this a moment to plug your uh, your Bandcamp you were telling me about before? Sure, we started? I just uh, put up a collection of tennis songs on on Bandcamp uh, called Jack Kramer Wood Racket. So you hmm. find it under my name, Dan Byrne, uh, Jack Kramer Wood Racket. It's uh, these and and more. Cool, very cool. Thank you. Whichever, whichever, however many more selections you do, or if you want to stop here, whatever you want to, whatever well, you want to do. I'll, maybe I'll throw this one at you. All right. Uh, Cause uh, can't can't end on a sad one. No. This is from a, a period when I was uh, in New York City, and uh, 
I became a, I was painting a lot, and I became obsessed uh, with uh, a certain gallery that was downtown, or rumored to be downtown, and I started dreaming. Well, I'm a pretty normal guy. I eat and sleep and do my work. I have never taken medication for being delusional. I get plenty of exercise. I love my dog. My dog loves me. But one night in three, I dream I'm playing John McEnroe at the U.S. Open. John is serving and I'm returning and the points are long and my backhand's strong. His hair is green and blue, which is weird, but it all kind of makes sense in my dream. Every now and then he hits a ball in the net and kind of goes crazy. One night in three, I dream of playing John McEnroe at the U.S. Open. I hear he has an art gallery downtown. I go down there to see him. He has a pink striped suit on. I don't say anything. Most of the time he wins pretty easily. I mean, he's quicker than me. Couple of times I push him to five sets. One great night I beat him in three. He threw all his rackets and had to be restrained from hurting himself. One night in three I dream I'm playing John McEnroe at the U.S. One night in three I dream I'm playing John McEnroe at the U.S. Open. Very cool. That's one of the that's one of the first ones that you've really put yourself in, sort of as a as a character, in or at least on the court. Uh, in this is 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 McEnroe. If you had to sort of you know kind of a fantasy, like you said, dreamland match of of anybody anywhere, is McEnroe U.S. Open your your answer? <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. I'd like to hang out with him too, cause uh, well, I I'd like to put all my tennis paintings in his gallery. Mm-hmm. I'd like to write songs with him. I know he's a guitar slinging kind of guy. We're mm-hmm. about the same vintage. You know, I just have a lot of questions. I'd I'd like to ask yeah. him. Have you Very hung cool. out with him? Not too much. No, he's not somebody who really lingers around yeah. the tennis. You know, when he's there, he's he's very much kind of get in, get out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. He's someone who both, you know, I think tries to stay away from it, tries to be, I don't want to say too cool for it, but that's probably what it is. You know, trying to stay away from the sort of grind of it while still yeah. being a fairly, at least at the sl- only really at the slams, but at, at the slams, he's, you know, part of the furniture. He's there all the time for all the big networks and, and works for both NBC and ESPN still and works additionally to that, you know, for Australian TV during the Australian open and for BBC during Wimbledon. And I mean, he's, he's got an interesting relationship to sort of, of, of still being part of it while trying not to feel like it's, you know, that he's too invested in it. He doesn't, and you, you know, you know, when you hear him on TV, like he doesn't give the, I don't think he gives the impression that he's watching Dennis all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So, he just yeah. seems he seems antsy. You yeah. Know, like if you see an old like old pictures of like a photo session, he's just like he's the one guy who's just like wants to get out of there. Yeah. And and he's probably I imagine he's still kind of that way. But he he yeah, he loves to talk about the game and he does it real real well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And maybe the art world where you where you sort of place him in this song is uh 
you know, somewhere where he's been able to be a little bit more relaxed. Like you said, he always does look a little bit like he's looking, you know, or just uncomfortable or yeah, just fidgety. And, yeah. and, and maybe, maybe something, out. maybe something about the art lets him sort of stop and reflect or contemplate or maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he's still antsy around paintings. I don't know, but it feels maybe. like it's hard to be antsy around paintings on a wall. So it's a, a tough, tough, uh, yeah, place to, to be bouncing off walls when there's expensive stuff on the walls. So I started painting mostly to get away from words. And, mm. it, you know, it was a great, it was a great escape. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for, for being on here. And uh, uh, we, have a, we have a link to the Bandcamp in the description of the show. And uh, we'll tweet it out as well. Um, everything. Thank you very much. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap up here? No, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I, I'm a big fan of the show, as I say, and uh, uh, I'll, uh, uh, I'll I'll have you send me on assignment sometime. That sounds good. Yeah, keep watching. Watch the French Open and uh, Wimbledon coming up, and see before we get shot on the road what uh, what sort of uh, inspiration may uh, may hit you. Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dan. Take care, man. You too. So thank you so much, Dan, and thank you all for listening to NCR, and thank you for your support of the show, especially on our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. We actually do have a bonus NCR vision episode available on our Patreon as well from last year, which has uh, clips from a bunch of different songs that didn't make the NCR vision or the results show cuts or some newer stuff. So if you want to hear even more tennis music, uh, there is a bit more, I think probably about 10 more songs roughly available to hear on our Patreon. So if you want to go check that out, you can do that there, patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. And thanks to our Patreon Slam Champ backers, we thank every episode, Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Jean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, Timothy Liu, and our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J-O-D. That's all from us here. Enjoy the tennis. Enjoy Eurovision. We'll be back next uh, week uh, to talk about the French Open, which is approaching. I don't want to say fast approaching because it's taking longer than usual to get here because of the delay. But, you know, it's somewhere on the horizon, the French Open. So we'll be getting our tear batu on in due time. But until then... Enjoy this Ukrainian outro, hopefully as much as Courtney does, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.